0: We Time meets Me Time, where magic meets the sea on a Disney cruise. Adults can relax and enjoy dedicated spaces designed just for them. Indulge in a massage at Census Spa or take a dip in Quiet Cove, an adult-exclusive pool. Don't worry, the kids are having some Me Time of their own at incredible kids' clubs. And there's amazing We Time, like entertainment, imaginative dining, character encounters, and more around every corner. A magical vacation at sea awaits on Disney Cruise Line.
1: Reaching the depths of our being. In this episode, Eckhart answers questions from a woman seeking insights for her sister who recently was diagnosed with a mental disorder. She wants to know how Eckhart views the diagnosis within the context of his teachings, asking, could there be a silver lining? And Eckhart says while dysfunction may be present, he cautions against using labels. He also shares that he believes that many mental illnesses are normal human behavior, which has been exaggerated by the ego. The solution, he believes, is to remain rooted in awareness whenever possible. With practice, he believes, we could avoid acting out unconscious patterns. Eckhart explains, there is reason for hope. A path to healing can begin, even in the midst of life's most challenging circumstances.
2: Welcome, everybody. Wonderful to be with you in the
3: present moment. Become aware, be aware of not so much of your existence.
2: You exist as a person. But beyond existence, there's a being. Existence is that which manifests here. Become aware that you are
3: Become aware that you are aware. One could say, become aware of yourself. Not the usual self, not the historical self, but the invisible, the deeper being that you are, the consciousness. When we put it in language, mistakes creep in very easily. So when I say become aware that you're aware, there's already a mistake in that
2: because the assumption, if I say that, would be that there's you and the awareness and you become aware of the awareness. And language creates that duality So when I say become aware of yourself or become aware of awareness, there's a duality there in language which is not there in actuality. In actuality, the awareness that you are becomes aware of itself. (laughs) Consciousness becomes aware of itself.
3: That's what it means
2: because in essence, you are consciousness. Nowadays, you often read things, uh, a lot of people speak about raising the awareness. You hear that quite often in popular uh, media and so on. Now it's always nothing wrong with that, but it's always to do with raising the awareness about something. Uh, which may be a good thing. You raise the awareness about nature, the, the importance of uh, living in harmony. with raise the awareness of certain issues. They may be real, they may be imaginary, whatever. You raise the awareness of this. Uh, th- this is not what we are talking about here because it's not the awareness of something else. It's awareness itself.
3: So it's to sense the being of you, I am.
2: The more you sense that, the more you become liberated from the person, which otherwise occupies your consciousness completely and it becomes kind of dreamlike existence. You live in and through the, the person with its narrative. And then the person continues to be there but there's something deeper. My f- favorite analogy, as you know, is the ocean and the ripple. The person is the ripple on the surface of the ocean, and you are the ocean. You're also the ripple, but the ripple is the ocean. It's just a temporary ripple appearance. And so the essence of all this, the realization of that, lies in finding the ability within yourself to realize the space that is beyond thinking, to be able to
3: come to a cessation of the stream of thinking, for example,
2: now. There's nothing to think about. You can't, what, what have I just said? What am I saying? You can't figure out what it means by thinking about it at all. There's no need to add any thought to this moment, but you're fully here. You're fully present. So the ability to be present without
3: the interference of thought is vital. That is the arising of
0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash
4: investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder.
5: The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from
4: a great welder. VR Training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills.
5: Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
4: Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash impact.
2: And then as you become more rooted in the awareness, that dimension, the transcendent dimension, you can even think, you continue to think without losing yourself. In this unconscious thinking, unconscious thinking means you become completely identified with the stream of thinking. Your identity, your sense of self is then in the thinking, in the thoughts. you've you've lost yourself, you are lost, or you've come back, become unconscious again, spiritually speaking, unconscious.
3: So you can use your mind. And yet, not lose yourself in the mind
2: That's the key. that's the that's the art of living, of lucid living, the art of lucid 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 dreaming is not that important. It's a nice experiment, but the the main thing is lucid living, so that you can continue participating in this world of form, without without. Yes, appreciating it, of course. You don't deny it. You don't need to deny it or condemn it. You appreciate it for what it is. You appreciate its beauty, its aliveness. And uh, it doesn't have that absolute seriousness anymore that otherwise is there when the world is, is, is is a place of enormous promise which is a promise that the world can never keep and a world of enormous disappointment <laughs> if that's all there is in your life with the, in the absence of the transcendent dimension it's always the promise of the next moment in whatever form the next moment comes and then it lets you down <laughs> And then there's another promise, and for a while it's great, and then it lets you down again. And you get quite a few highs for a while, the, well, yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, no, that wasn't it. So in the absence of the transcendent dimension, every situation, every person, every attainment turns out to be kind of Disappointing ultimately, or creates even creates suffering. So, you know, all that I'm just
3: reminding you. Let's see uh, what the first question is.
5: Hi, I'm very um, excited to be here and to be asking you my question in person. Thank you, Eckert. My question, my twin sister was recently diagnosed with disassociative identity disorder, which is otherwise known as multiple personality disorder. We both never knew until now and neither did our family, her husband or children. My confusion over this is immense. There is maybe something beautiful here in this, I do not know. I'm wondering if you may be able to help me understand what it is and what it means within the context of your teachings. I was very much like you until I encountered the power of now. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in my early twenties, which I was told was a dissociative disorder. I no longer have this diagnosis. My sister's challenges are just beginning. I'm very open and eager to hear your particular and unique perspective on the subject.
2: Thank you, thank you. Just a few—I uh, wanted to ask you one or two questions before I answer these. Um, the symptoms—did the family notice any symptoms before the diagnosis was given by the? Doctor, but what did did your family notice anything strange in her behavior?
5: Well, no, nothing that we would attribute to that. But certain inconsistencies, maybe lying, not being truthful, uh, saying, following through with what she said she would do. She and I never got along, uh, just for varying reasons. Just. Uh, the dissociative disorder is a highly avoidant uh way of approaching the world so the family also was very much that too so even if they noticed things it was uh, avoided not talked about not addressed by anyone
2: right right good thank you yeah i do not doubt that there is a certain dysfunction there one needs to be careful with labels so uh, these health professionals mental health professionals they were very generous with uh, their l- labeling people and conditions so we need to be careful with that because then we cre- immediately create a, a mental image of that person and from then on we look at that person through the mental label that has been created so we need to be careful with that although i'm not denying that there certainly will be a dysfunction the the ego is dysfunctional, it's just a question of what degree of dysfunction there is in the ego. This condition, which is called, traditionally was called multiple personality disorder. Like many so-called pathological conditions, they are an amplified form of ego that already exists in a milder form as part of normal egoic human behavior. So, for example, to, I'll come back to multi personality in a second, but any you can take any condition. You can take paranoia, for example, which is, a, 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 of course, can be a very serious mental disorder. But that many t- t- traits of paranoia already exist in the so called normal human consciousness. It's, for example, a tendency in quite a few human beings to always easily suspect hidden motives in what people do and say. You suspect what is, what is their real motive? And, and, and they always suspect that they're talking behind your back, what are they? They're talking about me behind my back. They're always being kind of fearful of people and the intentions of people. And this is still normal egoic dysfunction in many, many people. and at that level, it is not diagnosed as anything pathological. It's just a normal a very distrustful person. Behind that distrust, of course, the reason for the distrust is a sense of an underlying fear. Uh, so this that manifests as a distrust of of you cannot you, could, you mustn't trust people. And then that becomes when that becomes more pronounced, when you're actually the the mind develops a narrative that this person is my has very evil intentions towards me and it's not only one person several people and in fact the whole city is, uh, is after me now it's so it can it can become amplified and then it's easily recognized as pathological it was already pathological even in its milder forms but it wasn't recognized as such. It was kind of one of the many ways in which the ego manages to be dysfunctional. (laughs) And multiple personality disorder, again, in the absence of awareness, many, many humans, they have different clusters of reaction and behavior that become activated or triggered in, in certain situations or by certain people. So when when these humans are confronted with a certain person or, or, or encounter, find themselves in a certain situation, a different uh, reaction, a different response suddenly manifests through them, uh, which is in psychology called one could, sometimes called subpersonality. There's another personality that suddenly rises. So many many humans have a mild, very a much a mild form of different clusters of conditioning arising at different times so that they are sub-personalities. A very strong one, for example, is when somebody suddenly gets taken over by the pain body. Uh, So the pain body is a huge sub-personality that exists in many, many humans. And it's not normally called multiple personality disorder but it's basically the same thing. (laughs) So the, the pain body comes in and takes you over. And then you see suddenly you become a completely different person for a while. You were such a lo- lovely, nice guy, always friendly or, or a woman or whatever. And, and suddenly there's a there's a monster there. What happens? Well, the pain body could also be considered as a sub-personality that takes you over. But it doesn't have to be pain body. It can be other ways where suddenly people revert to childish reactions or responses in certain situations. They suddenly become whiny and, uh, oh, poor me, whatever subpersonality personality has taken them over. So what is still regarded as normal egoic dysfunction can, when it becomes more pronounced, it is then recognized as pathological when a person as very different Clusters of of behaviors suddenly take over. And there's no clear dividing line between what's still considered normal and what is pathological. It's a kind, it's a spectrum.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico it's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com investing in america
4: welding instructor alex Declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: So for the person who realizes that they have this condition, Whether it's in a more pronounced form that's called pathological, or a person who realizes that they behave very differently in certain situations, and uh, the first thing is to recognize it. Do you recognize it in yourself that this is what's what happens? That's enormous. That is already an enormous gain in consciousness to recognize that this from time to time happens to you. I don't know whether in the case of your sister she is able to recognize that this, when the doctor told her that is, the, or that is the diagnosis, whether she recognizes that there may be some, there probably is some truth to it, although I'm not fond of these labels, but there may be, there's probably some truth to it, that um, the question is, is she able to recognize that there is some truth to it, that, that sometimes she manifests behavior that is, Different from other types, it's completely different behavior. So that's a vital thing. So to the realization that this happens to you sometimes. Now, in the absence of presence or awareness, almost every human being has some form of subpersonalities. Even they may be very mild. But almost every human being has some certain. Your behavior changes b- between situations or dealing with different people, triggered by this or that. The the key to transcendence, trans- transcending this, is the ability to observe your inner states. The ability yes. to observe your inner states. That is the beginning of the. Of to being able to transcend subpersonalities, and that is by the it's so important to uh, to grow in awareness or presence, because awareness is that which is able to observe what goes on inside you. And if then you get taken over by a certain behavior pattern which we could call personality, then at least in that moment you know that that's what's happening, then there's still, somebody even you may not immediately be able to stop it it may still be happening for example in the case of the pain body you may not immediately be able to stop the pain body but you may be able to be aware that the pain body has arisen in you and that it is thinking and speaking through you and reacting and creating drama or participating in drama. And you know it's happening. That's an enormous gain in consciousness to know that this is happening. So as the awareness grows, the ability of these, whatever the personality may be to take you over completely diminishes. Gradually, the, it, it may not disappear all at once. Probably won't, but you never know. But you don't lose yourself completely in them anymore. There remains an awareness. So the the awareness provides a unifying field of factors. Because awareness means gradually, as you become more aware, your identity shifts more and more. And you recognize your true identity as being the awareness rather than whatever behavior is meant whatever thoughts arise emotional reactions arise you're the awareness so the key is I don't know whether how you would explain this to your sister or how you can help her with that the key is however as I said be aware of what's going what is going on inside you at any given moment be aware of what's happening then that that gradually will bring about an end of the dysfunction the the awareness is the key i believe your sister has a mild form of multiple personality disorder it, it is not a it is not a severe form of multiple personality in a severe form of multiple personality disorder that is that is a very debilitating and serious condition but but even there awareness is still is still a possibility it is a possibility for the person to become aware and that's why it's also so important to practice some form of meditation or to practice inner body awareness so, so that the so that the presence you grow in presence power so to speak the presence grows in you so, the presence can no longer the awareness, the presence can then no longer be obscured by the whatever the condition is, the the what we call sub-personality. And for a while it may still play itself out, but but it no longer has the has this enormous power behind it. that cannot take you over completely anymore. And that also means um, this is is important for everybody because, as I said, it's not just this dysfunction, it's not just something that we need to be concerned with when it becomes pathological. It's almost almost everybody will manifest some form of that dysfunction as long as there's not sufficient presence, not sufficient awareness. So the key is there. Now, how you are going to help your sister exactly, I don't know, depends what you communicate with her. Uh, but if somehow maybe you, uh, some intuitively the right words may come to you that may help her so that she can recognize th- that she has the ability to be aware, she does not to, to be, become whatever arises, be aware of what arises, uh, that's the key and that applies to everybody of course to so that uh, you don't you're not many different people again a mood can take, many people can become a moody now they are they, so in, in a bad one day they're great another they're in a bad mood and then that determines what they think what they speak they are, they're possessed by a, by this bad mood and again it's like a completely different person i noticed that when I a long time ago I lived in a community with in a house with ten people or twelve I can remember, uh, and with quite a few people I noticed uh, you never knew who was going to we would have it the, or the breakfast room we were having breakfast, and everybody had their bedrooms were upstairs, and when you, you heard the steps coming down and you never knew what particular version of this person was coming downstairs into the breakfast room? Who is, who is he or she going to be today? A lovely, light, very spiritual person? Or somebody oh, don't talk to me. Don't want to know. <laughs> and again, the, the recognition of inner states is the key. At least if people, let's say, you're taken over by a bad mood, okay there's already there's, there's a very slight gain in consciousness if you can if you're able to say don't talk to me today i'm in a bad mood well at least there's something at least you know you're in a bad mood because if you were totally unconscious you would 100% of you would become the bad mood and you would probably even deny that you're in a bad mood because you're, what, how, in whatever way you interpret the world through the veil of the bad mood, through you would become the reality. <laughs> so even to say in a, I'm in a bad mood, but better don't talk to me. Okay, at least you know it. That's already a gain in consciousness. And then the next step is not being forced to act it out so that you can feel the energy of it, but you remain you know, there's an awareness behind it. And so, gradually, your identity is no longer in the arising states, they are still there. But the more fundamentally, your sense of identity is in the awareness, it remains rooted in the awareness. And then, yes. Let's be, let's I use the word rooted. Let's let's say to use the analogy of a plant. A plant has roots in the soil. So the the roots. If the roots are deep enough in the soil, then the the outer condition of the plant. It may be very stormy or windy, and the plant is tossed about in the wind or the storm. But the the roots are there, and the plant is firmly rooted there. And that this doesn't matter that much anymore. Whatever happens here, but if the roots are not deep enough in the soil, then the winds come and the plants get uprooted and destroyed. Similar analogy, of course, a famous, one of my favorite parables of Jesus, where it talks about a man who is the man who is going to build a house, and he builds the house on the sand, and the winds come and the storms come and the rain comes, and because the house is built on the sand, it's swept away. And then another man, before building a house, digs deep. That's what he says in this parable. The man digs deep until he reaches the rock, the foundation. And then he builds the house on the rock. And then the storm comes, the floods come, the wind comes, and the house remains. Standing, because it is deeply rooted, it's on the the rock. Now, in this parable, the rock is that state of consciousness, of rootiness in being. And then whatever happens in the outer world, because but because that rootiness in being is a transcendent dimension. It's not even part of this dimension. The, the consciousness is not even really part of this dimension. So here it's you're rooted in being, and then, would conditions, outer conditions still, yes, they change, isn't that? and And perhaps even you still still for a while you are different people in different situations, but less so. there's more you become a more reliable person. you no longer uh, from day to day you're no longer a different personality or from hour to hour according to the to the outer situation. Another one, of course, is I mean, if just one could give many examples. Many people differ in the way in which they relate depending on who they are who they're talking to. So if you're talking to somebody high up the, uh, somebody famous or wealthy or whatever, or powerful, you talk to them in a particular way, and then you talk to somebody else who is just has a lowly low social status, he's just And the way in which you talk to that person is different from the way in which you talk. And then again, you have different personalities. This is a milder form of everybody does it. But there's something, as you become more rooted in presence, the way in which you talk to, let's know who, depends what you regard valuable in your mind, the way in which you talk to the Dalai Lama would be the same way in which you talk to the person who is cleaning your floor there would be no difference or or if you're not a spiritual person the way in which you talk to I suppose the richest man in the world whoever that is at the moment the way in which you talk to him then would be different you meet him on a social occasion and then there's somebody else who is serving you the drinks is there a difference in which the way in which you talk to this person on the person who's serving you the drinks? Then there's a role playing. You're a different person there and another person there. The more you're rooted in awareness, you, you speak and relate to everybody in exactly the same way. That's the same, and you honour everybody, everybody's presence, no matter what their outer position is in this world. That's a that's a good sign. So it's all self observation is the key and awareness will free you from the conditioning of your mind. So in whatever way you can convey that to your sister, what it'll only you can know that. Maybe you can introduce her to inner body awareness. That's a, that's a very good start. <laughs> so that's um, really all I can say at the moment. I wish you and your sister well. And as she becomes more aware, also your relationship will become closer again. I'm sure of that.
5: It's been a beautiful thing to watch for me to have been immersed in your teachings for the last 15 years or more, and then to see how that is very instrumental in helping. I see fluidity between the hearts, Uh, even just speaking to her I'll. And through my awareness uh, and a total acceptance of her, but whatever is is showing up, Uh, no matter what the symptom is, she will start to talk about fluidity between the parts. Oh, a vague remembrance of this. And I can see that it's really is just a compartmentalized compartmentalization. It's just the, the teachings have been essential in how I'm approaching her. And uh, it's a beauty. I think there's more beautiful beauty in it to be seen, uh, and I'm I'm more hopeful than anything. But yes. uh, it certainly is a challenge. And thank you for all your teachings on being willing to embrace challenges, because for me, for the last ten years, that was my issue, and so now I'm seeing that the, the freedom really is in embracing the challenge. Yes, well, this thanks. is just another one. Really, I'm very thankful for you. Thank
2: you.
1: Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening.